Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode features one of the three guests on my hour-long NPR show, heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, Everything Your Dog Wants You to Know, as well as the Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the family-owned foreman pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. Good enough for you to eat, but your cats won't appreciate that. I have the gigantic, enormous, humongous pleasure of welcoming Bruce Cameron back to the show Another incredible dog-centric book, the famous man who wrote A Dog's Purpose and many iterations after has written a book about a dog I'm in love with. It's called Love Clancy, Diary of a Good Dog. Bruce, I honestly don't know how you create, channel, embody yet another iteration of a dog that we all can, at least I think we all can feel about and, and care about and appreciate his point of view on life. Is there, what is, what is the moment where you get that zing and you go, I got it. Clancy's talking to me. I can do this. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I, uh, honestly, you have to start from a place of joy. You have to take a look at the most optimistic, happy creatures in the world and uh, and say, what would it be like to look at the world or actually smell the world with that right. kind of attitude? And, you know, my dog, Tucker, one time I was taking him, uh, we had to go somewhere and I put him in the car, got in the car and then got a text message that, that uh, the thing was canceled. And so we got out of the car and he looked at me like, well, that was the greatest car ride ever. <laughs> So and you do, you do hear them. They, these dogs talk yeah. to you. It's clear they oh, talk yeah. to you. And there's multiple dogs in this book. And the one who does the talking is Clancy or the thinking or the reacting or the emoting. And there's several other amazing dogs. But I guess the thing that really jumped out at me in this book, and I don't know if I'm alone in this, um, is what a brilliant comedian you are. I mean, this, and I forgot that your genesis, your first huge success was not as the man who wrote A Dog's Purpose, but the man who had two hit TV shows. And what reminded me was the book is really laugh out loud funny. It made me think, oh, I wish I had the audio book of this. It's so darn funny. But the eight rules concept comes up early on in the book with this wackadoo girlfriend. Yeah. Oh my God, is she a wackadoo? And- it reminded me, of course, of Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Daughter. Can you talk for just a moment or two about that? Because people who remember those shows need to be reminded of your extraordinary gift for comedy and just in simple, interhuman 
interactions that just make us all have a, a different point of view, I think, about humans. Yeah. No, that's, thank you for asking. So I, uh, yeah, I wasn't the dog book guy. I hadn't written the dog's purpose. I had no idea that I was going to, uh, in fact, I hadn't really published a book yet. I had written books. None of them were successful. And uh, because they weren't published, I mean, they, no one, right. no one wanted to publish right. them. So that they were, they were the exact definition of an unsuccessful novel. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I came up with this concept. Uh, I was writing a humor column for the Denver Rocky Mountain News, and uh, my my daughters were suddenly morphing from the cute little girls in bunny slippers who wanted me to read a story and, and kiss their dolls. Yes, night. yes. All of a sudden, uh, they were wearing uh, makeup, uh -huh. and they were dressing like pole dancers, and I was like... <laughs> Stop. I've got to make some rules here. Not that anybody will ever pay attention to anything dad says, but I, so I wrote uh, this column, eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. The thing blew up. It was carried by newspapers and translated in different languages. It wow. went crazy. Wow. And I thought, well, I've got some, I've got a formula here. So uh, book proposal later, I'm writing the book, eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. It was uh, developed into the TV show starring John Ritter. I moved out to, to Los Angeles to work on uh, Eight Simple Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter, and I have been in Los Angeles ever since. Uh, it, it changed everything. So yeah, I do write. Uh, I, I write funny. Oh boy, do uh, you. it turns out. Uh, and and I would say Love Clancy is the funniest dog book I've ever written. It's the funniest book book I've read in as long as I can remember. I really was laughing out loud and wishing that some really wonderful actors were playing these parts. I mean, I have never met so many characters in a book who are quietly hilarious in their view of the world. <laughs> You've got the main protagonist who's passive. He's not passive aggressive. He's just this gentle passive character, JB, who's Clancy's yeah. owner. And from the beginning of the book, when his not girlfriend, Maddie, starts driving you, the reader, pleasantly crazy... JB just puts up with it. And early on, I wanted to say, JB, can't you just tell her, bug off? Apparently not. <laughs> and he has a father who is a character out of, I don't know what, Walter. Where did that idea come from? This pie-in-the-sky guy who makes a few bucks sort of accidentally, I think it's at the lottery or something, and has these crazy business plans. They're, they're so crazy, it's like something out of... I don't know, a TV comedies, like not the Beverly Hillbillies, much better. So how did Walter come <laughs> along? Yeah, so Love Clancy, Diary of a Good Dog is about dogs because it's told from a point of view of a dog who's very special. Clancy is keeping a diary. And Cla Clancy's life is very complex, and, and it's got to do as much with the fellow dogs in his pack as it does with the people in his pack. But uh, JB, you're right. He's just sort of the grounded central character. He's kind of unruffled. He doesn't really get too excited about anything, which is good because every everybody else around him uh, is excitable. The first time he meets <laughs> Alana, she she points a gun at him. Right. The first time we meet Rodney, he uh, JB tries to run away from him. It's, it's like these are really interesting characters. Very. Very peculiar, as you say, in their view of the world. And then there's, of course, Maddie, 
the the woman that keeps showing up to break up with him over and over again. And he's like, we never even really dated. But doesn't bother uh, that, her. Doesn't bother her at yeah, all. And no. Rodney is about as loose a cannon as you could ever imagine. But all of them have dogs in their life. So that's what's mm-hmm. really cool is that Clancy is seeing the human interactions. And we get the pleasure of hearing this really funny dialogue. It's very dialogue heavy between the people in a way that just makes the book zing along. And I bring it up not to say that it's not a book about dogs. It's really driven by Clancy and his love for Phoebe, the dog who unfortunately likes a dog that she shouldn't like, according to Clancy. So he has unrequited love through most of the book. And there's the tragic character of Odin, who's human passes away and Odin doesn't get over it and Clancy's compassion for his fellow dog is so touching because we we know dogs grieve and we know some of them grieve longer than others and wasn't it Odysseus's dog that just you know died waiting right so you know Mm -hmm. some dogs just don't give up but it's it's what happens between these people that is I bring it up because there are people who think well I like dogs a lot, and I'm listening to this show because you have interesting people on, Tracy, and and it, the topics are always interesting. But this book is about so much more than the dogs, and yet it's completely about the dogs. It's about how people treat each other, how dogs see the world, how none of these people are broken, by the way. They're just nuts in a kind of <laughs> TV comedy way. I'm like, you did what, Rodney? With the And then the, the father shows up with the Ferrari that somehow survives, and Rodney has a... I, I, it's just nuts. They His car that he crashes, but it wasn't his fault because the car couldn't handle the speed. There are so many lines in this book, Bruce, that are just delicious. I mean, you just want to kind of put macrame them on a pillow or something. So is this going to be a movie? Oh, would, wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. You know, the, uh, so in our business, uh, show business, COVID kind of kind of uh, cut the legs out from a, a lot of momentum oh, yeah. that we had going. <clears throat> and some studios were much slower to come back to life than others. And some still have COVID protocols in place, which makes uh, everything very expensive. And uh, I would love to see it as a movie. I'd love to see it as a TV show. But yes. I, I think that, uh, you know, for that, for that to happen, so many things have to go right. And uh, right now, I'm just focusing on Love, Clancy, Diary of a Good Dog as it's a, book. A, a novel. Yeah. I just think that reading it, it makes a person itch to have actors do these lines, to have actors, you know, our own imaginations are really good. But I don't know if they're worthy of the dialogue you have here. It's just the zingiest, funniest. And when you think already the weirdest things could have happened, something weirder happens. They're all living in the in the car together with the dogs. And, you know, and why? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're on this sort of picaresque road trip. It just and, – and the whole there's a whole thing about a restaurant and these pie-in-the-sky dreamers that want to start a restaurant, and it's just the worst idea ever. And everybody kind of knows or has read about someone who thinks, yeah, a restaurant, that's it. I'll open a really good barbecue restaurant. But they yeah. don't consider all the <laughs> all the uh, all the specifics of that. And meanwhile, Clancy is going along, noticing what the humans are doing, and having his own hopes and wishes and dreams. And they're so 
I, I when I say I love the dog, it's like you you know him so well, you Bruce know him so well, and you bring him to life so well that we we feel like I I'd like to spend some time with this dog, even apart from this book. I just want to sit with him and see if we can't commune a little bit. Although he has <laughs> he definitely has comments about how people communicate. Now I know that you are somewhat allergic to reading your own your own work, which I think is a shame because I bet you're brilliant at it. So I'm going to just put it out there. Could I just read one of his diary entries? Because it's just, I, I, there's no way to just, for me to keep saying, oh, it's so funny. Oh, it's so touching. Oh, it's so brings everybody to life. But if I read some of it, people will say, oh, she's right. I see what she means. Because each chapter is the adventure that's happening and the people and lots of dialogue and, and a story. And then at the end of each chapter, there's a diary entry that's, that ends Love Clancy, Dear Diary. So I'm just going to read one of them to just give a sense of how Clancy sees the world and, and helps us, I think, see how dogs do th- see things differently and charmingly. Dear Let's Diary, do humans probably don't even realize how many wonderful things they've discovered for dogs. Canines could never have figured out that cars can be used for car rides or that refrigerators contain so many wonderful scents that they're worth swooning over. Beds are amazing. Soft things layered in softer things with large, rounded, even softer things on top of the layers designed to entice a dog into the deepest nap ever. Dog dinner is much better than anything I've scarfed down furtively on my own because there's more of it and the aroma is heavenly. Some of the things I've eaten off the floor I didn't even like. A table can be a glorious place. Built to accommodate a dog or two underneath them, tables are where humans set out foods to be handed down in small pieces to the receptive and appreciative dogs at their feet. Sometimes, though, people will sit at a table and talk instead of eating. This is perplexing behavior, but there's nothing a dog can do about it except lie there loyally and wait for the situation to change. It's all different, though, when a dog's person is upset or sad. JB is that way now cycling through dark moods that are so unlike him. I'm lying under the table now, not because I'm waiting for him to toss down cheese, but to let him know that whatever is making him sad can probably be fixed if he only remembers he has a dog. Though I wouldn't turn down the cheese. Love, Clancy. I just think that that diary entry is just a great example of the dearness of him. He's a deep soul and yet also very cheese oriented and i think we see our dogs that way you know they're so wise and loyal and and you know even spiritual and clancy helps one of the dogs cross over the rainbow bridge and i actually had a dog do exactly what you describe him doing and i won't say what it is but it's so deep and touching and yet they're out you know looking for the cheese so i think that you you just encapsulate everything that is profound and superficially darling about dogs and and also the way that he looks at human behavior and language and the confusing nature of it. I, I think that's something you must have spent time thinking about, how we say things to dogs or about dogs or around dogs, and you're able to think, well, what does the dog think of that? Is that something that you do on a regular <laughs> basis, being the dog writing man? Oh. All the time, all the time. And I, I wanted to tell you, you said I'm allergic to reading my own material, but I'll, I'll tell you something that, I've, that nobody else knows. Uh, I'm the reader of the audio version of Love Clancy, Diary no of a way. Good Dog. I'm, yeah, yeah. So I had to 
I had to learn to, to act. <laughs> I don't think you that, needed but... much teaching because you, you write as if you're writing for actors. Well, you did. You wrote for actors for a long, long time. Well, I'm going to go buy the audiobook. I mean, of course, your, oh, your publishing company very kindly sent me an advanced copy of this marvelous book, Love Clancy, Diary of a Good Dog. But I'm going to buy the audiobook because I do want to hear it read. It's so funny. So you did all the dialogue by yourself? Yeah, uh, we pitched that we would have actors in the booth with me, and then, you know, that right. would have gone uh, really much differently. But that is, uh, you know, audiobooks, just as an aside, are really evolving right now, and nobody knows where they're going. They are becoming more and more popular, but uh, the, the science isn't fully big. Nobody knows if people prefer multiple readers or if they oh, prefer right. to just have one reader. Nobody can answer that question because it's always personal preference and it's always different well that's a but, really good uh, that's a really good point I, and i also didn't want to bring it up in case you didn't get properly remunerated for an audiobook versus somebody buying the book book yeah well uh, you know that's it's all it's it, all over my pay grade i just sort of go where they tell me and i was told yeah you're reading the book i'm like all right well, <laughs> there goes the well it's going to be a but, treat uh, it's going to be a treat for people but people who are still used to reading with their eyes will definitely love, love Clancy. I personally, other than books for this show, which I always read with my eyes because I have to refer back to them and I want to pick out passages for me or the author to read. And it just, it's more, I'm old fashioned. But for any yeah. kind of other reading, any pleasure reading, I listen with my ears. So I'm going to be lapping this up when, uh, when I get back to Audible. All I can say, Bruce Cameron, as our time has run out is, you have really rung the bell with such joy with this book. It is so funny. And I think funny is really important right now. The, the more funny we yeah. can get into our lives, the better. And you have your timing could not be better. And Clancy is such a good dog. And you are such a good writer. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will support all of these companies because they stand behind my mission, which is to bring you delightfully informative Pet Talk Radio. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. They make many non-chemical products for the inside and outside of your pets, as well as innovative foods like no-hide chews and the hybrid dry food wisdom, which sometimes is all that my Weimaraner Maisie will eat. I'm very grateful also to Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two extraordinary women, Allison and Hannah, who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It's higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thanks again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this one guest version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon. <laughs>